This show is brought to you by Safety FM. The following program is rated MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, and violence. It is intended only for mature audiences. Finally, show with the balls to call it like it is. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Countdown to audio torture. The Rated R Safety Show starts in three, two, one. Ah, let the eardrum pain begin. Forget the corporate bullshit. This is the Rated R Safety Show with your host, Dr. Uh, it doesn't matter who the host is. Oh, it does not matter who the host is. Today is Thursday, Snyder's Cut Justice League version. Oh, no, 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 hold on. It is March the 18th of 2021, also known as Snyder's Cut version of the Justice League coming out today, or it has already been out for the last few hours. Don't know if you've been up early enough in the morning to watch it. It did come out at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, believe me, there's already a lot of people commenting on what they thought about it. So some people have been up early, early, early just to get it accomplished. Anyway, today is the 77th day of the year, only 288 days remaining before it is all over with. We are coming to you live, yeah, live from the from the Rated R Safety Show. And, of course, coming to you from the Safety FM Studios or the Radio Big Dot FM Studios, depending on where, where the portion of the country is at the time. But that's what's going on. So good stuff. First thing in the morning as we are attacking the microphone. And, of course, you know, we are streaming across the multiverse of Safety FM and, well, that other joint. We stream so crisp that you can feel the sarcasm in your ear holes. Radio Big. So hopefully you're off to a grand start this lovely morning in the Eastern Standard Time Zone and having all kinds of fun already. So I had to start talking to you right away about the things that were trending as of this morning. And we were talking and taking a look at what was going on and around and about. And the unfortunate portion is that it does not start off with a great story. That's the weird part about the whole thing. Um, So let's do this real quick. Uh, If you are hanging out on the video stream, I will share this on the streamer. Uh, It is, it is, um, it's not graphic per se, but you can see some stuff going on there. So I do want to make sure that I do give you a fair warning about that before we do anything. But here you go. Here's what was trending. And there is a video sequencing online. Maybe, maybe we talk about it after I show you the video. Maybe that's, maybe that's the other way to, maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. Uh, let's take a look around real quick. Um, a lot of stuff. So here's the video. This is what was trending. So if you're not on the streamer, we're on the radio. Let's talk about it. Two people were killed when a large amount of commercial-grade fireworks ignited a massive explosion at a home in Southern California on Tuesday. The explosion occurred around 12.30 p.m. local time in Ontario, a suburb of San Bernardino, uh, sending a large plum of smoke into the middle of the residential neighborhood. Other minor injuries were reported. The incident is being investigated by the FBI. But this is what it looked like. So take a look. So all of a sudden, you see it. You see it all over the place. Are you there? 
this is commercial grade fireworks going down. I mean, these things are no joke. And as you can see, a lot of stuff going on for sure. I mean, I'm not sure. Believe me, there is no graphic anything. I just wanted to show you what is actually making the sequence of events currently as we are speaking. Uh, so that is all over the place currently on the Internet. Uh, if it was doom and gloom and all kinds of graphic stuff, I would not show it to you. <laughs> just not what I'm about. Because... Uh, that one was obtained by a Twitter user that was actually posting it. If it was a CC camera, you know, closed caption, I would definitely not be showing it. So let's make sure that we're clear that we're talking about that. Anyway, so let's get you started with some feature story news because I always think that that's slightly important on what the hell's going on real quick. So there you go. Let's get that moving and grooving. Here is the news on the Raising Our Safety Show. From feature story news in London. I'm Ollie Barrett. Tanzania's President John Magafuli has died at the age of 61, according to the country's Vice President Samir Suluhu Hassan. Isaac Lakandu reports from our bureau in Dar es Salaam. In a televised speech via the national broadcaster, the Tanzanian vice president, Samia Sulu Hassan, announced that the president had died of a heart condition on March the 17th, 2021, at about 6 p.m. local time at Mzena Hospital in Dar es Salaam, where he was admitted on March the 14th. The vice president said Magufuli was first briefly admitted to the Jakai Kikweta Cardiac Institute on March the 6th, but was subsequently discharged. But he was rushed to hospital again on March the 14th after feeling unwell. She announced that the nation will observe a 14-day period of mourning. According to the Constitution, the Vice President Samia Sulu Hassan is now the acting president of Tanzania. While a date for her swearing-in has not yet been announced, she will be Tanzania's first female president. Isaac Lukando, Dar es Salaam. India's reported its highest daily increase in COVID-19 infections in more than 100 days, with 35,871 confirmed new cases. The state of Maharashtra, of which Mumbai is the capital, accounts for almost two-thirds of the fresh infections. Rebecca Bundan reports from Mumbai. India's total COVID-19 infections have now reached almost 11.5 million, and it's the third worst affected country after the United States and Brazil. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has warned that action is needed to stop what he describes as a second peak of the virus. Health authorities say that carelessness, including lack of social distancing and not wearing masks, is behind this. Some doctors also say that new variants are playing a role in the surge in cases being seen in the state of Maharashtra, Rebecca Bundan, Mumbai. The man who allegedly shot and killed eight people at massage parlours in the US state of Georgia has been charged with murder. Police say 21-year-old Robert Long may have been a patron and has claimed to have a sex addiction. Six of the victims were Asian, but police say they can't yet confirm if the attacks were racially motivated. It comes amid a sharp increase in crimes against Asian Americans, which President Joe Biden has confirmed, as Kate Fisher reports from Washington. Just last week in that televised address, his first to the nation since becoming president, he said that it was un-American and wrong, these attacks on Asian Americans, and it must stop. Talking today about what happened in Atlanta, he talked about the brutality of this and how troubling it was. The authorities are, are saying that they cannot yet say for sure that this is a hate crime related to the race of most of the victims. The creative boss for the Olympics in Tokyo has quit after describing a female comedian as an Olympic. Hiroshi Sasaki has apologised for what he says was a huge insult. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. 
This show is almost as enjoyable as hearing the sound of the toilet flush. Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. My name is Lola Silvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hey, everyone, let's all stop what we're doing and take a moment. You see, every moment can be kind of special. But they could be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments. It doesn't matter because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I'm a trial lawyer. I'm not part of your family, and I don't do skits with my mom. I'm a real lawyer, a damn good lawyer, the best lawyer this state has to offer. And I've built a reputation for standing up for the people of this country, righting the wrongs. You may not agree with all of my views, but when it comes to trying cases, there's only one view, justice. And justice is what I get. Figer Law. That's why we're unstoppable. We at Safety FM are not responsible for what this idiot behind the microphone is saying. He is trying to be entertaining. Rated R Safety Show. Okay, so there you go. A lot of stuff going on inside of the world of the news. Yeah, by the way, thanks for everybody who blew up the box there. Yeah, a lot of craziness going on for sure as we are talking anyways it is 10 minutes past the top of the hour let's start talking about some things that are going on so number one uh right now we got a contest a contest going on for sure if you're interested in winning a one-on-one with session with yours truly here we'll do up to two hours to broken down into two separate sessions of an hour apiece but we will do the sessions together um three lucky winners can enter or can actually win the contest so it's a one-on-one session with my with my with my uh you all you have to do is go to safetyfm.com forward slash contest that's safetyfm.com forward slash contest to win we're gonna be pulling the winter on the uh what is it the 26 the 26 so there you go that's what we got going on there and then also by popular request we are doing it one more time uh, on March the 31st at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be conducting our safety reconfigured class. Back by popular demand. So there you go. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tickets are available at safetyfm.io. That's safetyfm.io. Uh, go there. Get your tickets. We are doing the pay it forward version as well on there. So you can actually do a mixture of the different ones that are available. You have not had to attended the Hop 101 class to be able to know what the hell is going on there. We do talk a little bit about 
everything, just in case you did not know. So there you go. That's what's going on. Let's continue going down what is going on with the hit list right now. As we do move forward. Anyways, as of Wednesday, more than 113 million COVID vaccines have been administered nationwide. Over 39.9 million Americans are now fully vaccinated, while others over, well, let's see, while over, uh, let's see, about 73.6 million people have received at least one dose. According to the CDC, the total number of cumulative cases in the U.S. is slightly over 29.3 million with more than 534,000 deaths so far. So there you go. That is what's going on inside of the U.S. of A. when it comes to the vaccination and the COVID-related incidents. So let's continue talking. The trial for former Minneapolis cop Derek Chowden hit a snag on Wednesday as two jurors were dismissed from the case. Uh, the Hennepin District Judge Peter Cowhill questioned the seven jurors who had been seated whether the news of a $27 million settlement of a civil wrongful death lawsuit paid to George Floyd's family would impact their opinion on the case. One juror responded that it would impact it a lot, while the other explained that it kind of already had swayed the person. Two of the seven they had already heard about, and, and three of the others said that it would not change their opinion in the case. Meanwhile, Derek's lawyer argued that the news would, would be a, the hefty payout would, you know, of course taint the jury. So there you go. I mean, some things to think about for sure. I mean, if you do hear that somebody did win a $27 million lawsuit and a wrongful death thing, even before you probably set an opinion on it, you're probably going to have some questions just throwing that out there. Duh. I mean, I think that that's just some a rough guesstimate. I mean, I don't think I'm bringing anything to you that you probably have not already determined. I mean, round of applause for sure for that one. But just think about it for a moment. Just one of those things. Anyways, let's continue talking about the world of Florida. 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 Here we go real quick. A Florida mother who received one dose of the coronavirus vaccine while pregnant has passed on the antibodies to her newborn. The child is believed to be the first to be born with COVID-19 antibodies, according to multiple outlets. The mother was 36 weeks pregnant when she was administered the first dose of the Moderna vaccine. Three weeks later, after the child was born, the, body, uh, the baby's cord was tested to see if the antibodies in the mother passed to the baby, which is something that occurs with other vaccines. The test came back positive for COVID-19 antibodies. While the development is good news in the fight against coronavirus, researchers warned that the, new, that the newborns are still at risk for infection from the virus due to certain factors such as unknown length of protection. So there you go. Hold on real quick, because I'm slightly confused. I thought we had had the conversation and talked about this, that where we had already had the discussion about that you were not supposed to, and I'm saying not to, have the actual vaccine if you were pregnant. I mean, you can't tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's not the first time I will be wrong, and it won't be the last. But I thought that that was definitely part of the combo. As we were doing it, I mean, you can tell me, and then we can go from there. I mean, a lot of stuff comes to mind when I start thinking about it. Rated R Safety Show. Sarcastic? Never. Okay, so I got a kind of a mix here. Uh, I don't, There's a kind of a couple of different things I want to try. 
So I don't know if I should try it in this fashion. I can tell you my let's let's do something kind of strange here just for half a second. Now that we don't do anything strange at any other point inside of this world. But let's a lot of people have been enjoying John Smalls and a lot of the stuff that he's been doing. So let's try this out for a second. Tell me what you think. And then we'll do it this way. And then I will read to you what I have. And then you tell me which one you like. And then we can make a determination going forward on how things will be done. So take a listen to this real quick. And let's go from there. Here's your Market Beat Minute for Thursday, March 18th, 2021. The Dow Jones Industrial and the S&P 500 rose to record highs. And yields on longer maturity U.S. debt fell from more than one-year highs after the Federal Reserve continued to project near-zero interest rates, at least through 2023, despite rising inflation concerns. Earlier in the session, the benchmark rate jumped to 1.689%, hitting a level unseen since late January 2020. The Nasdaq turned positive as well after the Fed comment shaking off earlier losses. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell reiterated that the central bank wants to see inflation moderately above 2% and said the recent move higher in yields wasn't disorderly. The Fed also upgraded its outlook for unemployment and inflation in the U.S. over the next several years. The rally may continue in to Thursday trading as futures contracts tied to the major U.S. stock indices rose in the overnight session Wednesday evening. You can get the inside track at marketbeatminute.com. Safety never sounded so terrible. Rated R Safety Show. So what do you think? Do you like the John Smalls version of the stocks? I mean, we can go that way. I mean, I have no problem. I have no problem having him do it. I mean, he sounds quite when he's doing it, stocks moved higher on Wednesday as the Dow lifted 189 points and the, De- and the NASDAQ rose about 53 points and the S&P 500 gained about 11. The Federal Reserve announced that they believe that the inflation is still below the 2% mark. The group also said that interest rates are expected to remain at zero throughout most of 2023, which he already discussed, which is so fantastic. The 10-year Treasury bond yield uh, closed at 1.657% after backing down from the intraday high of 1.689% and the intraday mark of the highest of the benchmark that had been seen in 14 years. So there you go. So I don't know. I I have to tell you, I like the Smalls version. Yeah, you're killing me, Smalls. You got it? Yeah. So anyways, maybe we'll start going that angle. You tell me if you like it. If you don't like it, that's perfectly fine, too. I don't take personal offense to any of this stuff. I mean, John might take some offense to it, but it's okay. I love John. He does a great show on Radio Big.fm, just in case. Um, If you haven't hung out and taken a listen to what the hell he has going on, you should probably come and hang out with him. Him and his wife do afternoon drive there, and it's quite a fantastic show. They do interviews. They do, you know, they they give you some stuff that's going on throughout the day. I mean, it's all kinds of fun with John and Heidi. John and Heidi! Just in case. Anyways, let's continue talking. A suspect that was arrested on Tuesday night for the shooting deaths of eight people at three massage parlors across Atlanta. Robert Aaron Long, 21 of Woodstock, Georgia, was captured about 150 miles south of Atlanta after he opened fire on five people shortly before 5 p.m. at Young's Asian Massage in Cherokee County. Less than an hour later, four people were killed in a shooting at two spas in Atlanta. Authorities believe that the that Long is suspect in all the shootings. Long took full responsibility for a string of shootings, telling the authorities on Wednesday that he targeted the locations because he saw them as an outlet for him to succumb sexual addiction and temptation. So hold on real quick, my friend. 
You're telling me because you have some issues related to ejaculation, all of a sudden you're going to take it out on some other people? I mean, it's beyond ridiculous to even make the comment. Seriously. I don't even even know how the hell you could actually justify that. Oh, because of my sexual problems, this particular location could be a problem. Like, really? So that would almost seem like if you say anyone who's a sexual being could potentially be an issue for you, too. Yeah, think about that one. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Okay, let's continue talking. The law firm hired by the New York State Assembly to probe Governor Andrew Cuomo has ties to Chief Judge Janet DeFerry, which possesses potential conflict of interest, according to attorney for one of Cuomo's accusers. Judge DeFerry, who has been appointed as... A disgraced governor is married to Dennis Glazier, who spent more than 30 years as a partner as Davis Polk and Wardell. Wardwell, excuse me, the firm that was selected for by the assembly. We already know that they're the extent which the governor Cuomo has surrounded himself with people in the executive chamber who enable his behavior and have spent evidence of sexual harassment under the rug. If there is even a hint of political influence in the impeachment investigation, it will taint the entire proceeding, one of the victim's attorneys said. But the assembly claims that Davis Polk was thoroughly vetted and the attorney retained are extremely well qualified cuomo stands accused by seven women of sexual harassment and groping that he has denied the claims for so hold on here's the thing i mean and let's talk about it real quick i will tell you i have interacted um in some court proceedings previously because you know that's as part of the game but it was interesting because there was a organization here in Orlando that is a pretty large transportation company that we were having some interactions with. We'll put it to, them, to you that way. But they had tie-ins with almost every major law firm inside of the city that it was almost virtually impossible to have anybody do any kind of proceedings. So I don't think that there's anything slightly different there than what Cuomo is doing with some of them. I mean, it's something to think about, of course. Now, I'm not losing it this morning, just in case 22 minutes past the top of the hour. <laughs> We're just having fun. It's Thursday. You should be excited that it's Thursday. Why? Because it is the it is the fourth day of the work week, depending on how you take a look at it. And you should be excited every day. I mean, how boring would it be if we were just sitting here going, hey, let's have a little chat, man. Anyways, let's continue talking. A woman in the Netherlands has received a tattoo remotely by an artist more than 300 miles away in the UK. Yep, you did hear me. The stunt was part of the marketing campaign organized by T-Mobile Netherlands and London-based technologist Noel Drew to demonstrate the power of 5G. Tattoo artist Wes Thomas was was um, contracted to operate the robot appendage. With a tattoo needle attached to the ink up to the upper forearm of a Dutch actress, stealing Frenchin. The 5G tattoo may have been the world's first, but it also is an authentic use of cutting-edge technology combined with ancient art to tell a very human story, Drew told PC Magazine. Despite the amazing achievement, Drew stressed that he does not consider robotic tattooing to become the norm anytime soon or possibly ever. So hold on. Because I have to ask the question, because there are some tattoo artists that I would love, love to get tattoos from. 
I do have quite a few, just in case you did not know. <laughs> um, and I will tell you, I would do the robotic gig if they were willing to do it uh, just to get a tattoo for them. That way I don't have to, number one, show up in person. And number two, we could just do it remotely. How awesome is that? That's something to think about. You are listening to a radio god. What? This has to be an error. That host is not a radio god. Anyways, this is the Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Okay, a New York man has been convicted of trafficking sharks. Yeah, I'm not joking here. And by the way, I have to stop saying names of people because we keep on making famous pe- or dumb people famous or stupid people famous, however you want to take a look at it. So let's continue. Uh, so this gentleman who kept the sharks in above the ground pool in his backyard pled guilty to illegal commercializing on fish, shellfish, and wildlife with the intent to sell seven sand sandbar sharks. He was fined $5,000. What a deal there. Authorities discovered the illegal operation during a traffic stop, which was when officers found five undersized sharks in a large tank in the back of his truck. He admitted that he was transporting the animals from New York with the intent to sell them and also that he was keeping them at his home. What the hell, dude? Was it like the truth serum all of a sudden? When officers executed the search warrant at the home, they found seven live sharks in the backyard pool. They also found two dead leopard sharks, one dead hammerhead shark, and a snout smaltoed sawfish. The sharks have been relocated to the New York Aquarium at Coney Island. What the hell is going on, man? Seriously, like what? Now, is it a saltwater pool? Number one. And number two, isn't it cold in New York? Like, how the hell were you maintaining these things? I mean, it's something to think about. I don't know. More sarcasm than a Mortal Kombat beatdown. Rated R Safety Show. Okay, let's continue talking real quick. A Wisconsin man is dead after killing two co-workers um, and fleeing from police, crashing into a pole, and then turning the gun on himself. The shooting, which occurred on Tuesday, happened inside of Roundy's Distribution Center. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to Okomawaka. I mean, what the hell does that even mean? About 30 miles west of Milwaukee, said Thomas Bennett, Secretary of, Treas- of Treasurer of the General Teamsters Local Union Number 200. All three men were in their 40s. Authorities have released a few details about the attacks, including the names of the shooters and the victim. The motive have not been revealed. So then again, we start talking about workplace shootings and workplace violence. And this goes back to the conversation that we have all the time about safety and security and hazard matrix. And how do you plan inside of your organizations about having the conversation related to this info right there? I know we talk a lot about run, hide, fight. We've had the discussion several times on this show and on the other show. But how do you go about handling it? How frequently do you have the discussion with your team members, with your fellow employees, with your management? Because it is a portion of the conversation. Now, let's be realistic. When you start having the conversation about the run, hide, and fight, and it's somebody who is internally, if you do end up having that situation occur at your workplace, well, they kind of already know what the hell you're going to do because it's something that's being discussed. It becomes a very weird scenario. I remember working at a pretty large organization that likes to repeat the same letter over and over again at least three times. And what they did was I was supposed to analyze people. Think about this shit for a moment where I was supposed to analyze that who would have the highest potential of being a shooter inside of the operation. Sometimes when I say stuff, I wish I was joking. 
But unfortunately, that's not the case. So I am to analyze who I think would be a potential shooter. Really? I mean, next year we're going to find out that somebody was going to give you a crystal ball and you're going to take a guess from there. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Okay, two teens who allegedly set a man on fire inside of his own home in upstate New York last week are now facing murder charges after the victim succumbed to his injuries on Tuesday. The boys ages 14 and 16 initially faced charges of first-degree assault and second-degree arson after... Should I say the guy's name? After the 53-year-old was doused with flammable liquid and intentionally set on fire as he sat in a chair in his apartment. The victim ran out of his apartment on fire for about five minutes after retur- uh, after returning from the corner store. Rod- uh, Rochester's police captain, Frank Umbrino, told reporters he suffered second and third degree burns over 70% of his body. Authorities are still working to determine the motive. I mean, what kind of craziness are we talking about that for pleasure, because there's nothing else that I could imagine at the moment, that a 14 and 16-year-old decided that this is something that they're going to do. I mean, it's something to think about. Here we go. Here's Jim Pozel. There is such a thing as situational awareness training that is used to assess risk for potential shooters and workplace violence. So there you go. That's coming from Pozel from Safety Wars talking about what's going on inside of his neck of the woods. Anyway, so let's continue talking and let's get into that portion of the show that we call the main story. Is it only 29 minutes after? Oh, here we go. Here is our main story on the Rated R Safety Show. So there you go. A lot of stuff, of course, sequencing, talking, moving, grooving, and going around. All that fun stuff that we normally tend to do as we talk about the world of safety. Uh, So let's talk about it because it is that portion where we start talking about things that we consider a major or important story that we need to talk about with the group. So let's do this. Is it win to cheat or cheat to win? So let's talk about the possibilities of numbers of things that this could qualify under, that it could qualify for, as we do talk about it. Now, I want you to think about those lovely boards that organizations have of we have went this many days without an incident inside of our organization. I mean, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's your gig. You have to start off somewhere. But how common is it to see these boards, but we turn around and we tell people in our organization, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge of don't report an accident because we're going to hit this great, lovely thing if we make it to day 50 or day 100 or one year where we might be bonused or we might be incentivized with a barbecue or we might get this or that or the other. Because we have not had a workplace injury below a first aid in X amount of days. Now, the other portion, too, is when you start thinking about this is when you have incidents and accidents and so on. Some of these things, depending on how you're set up as an organization, can lower your insurance rates. 
your workers' comp rates. It could also even potentially help you with actually being able to acquire contracts because of you giving information about things that are going on inside of the org. So if you recommend, encourage strongly for people to use their personal days off during these incidents, that way it doesn't have to report it as a loss of work, a lost time incident, is that cheating the system? Is that taking a look around and doing the things that you know are not technically, you know, pretty cool? They're kind of underhanded. So are you winning to cheat or you're cheating to win? Because we get so hung up, and I did say we, because it probably has happened at some point of your career where that number on a board is so important. I will tell you, I hang out on social media and people get so excited about we at my organization have went this amount of days all in the whole company without a single injury. You're telling me you have 50,000 people inside of your organization and you didn't have a single injury for a year? A year. A year. Come on. That didn't require anything more than first aid a year? I mean, either you're selling a bad bill of goods or somebody smoking and token, if you know what I'm saying there. Because there's no way that I'm going to buy it. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to believe in everyone. But there's certain things that you have to kind of take with a grain of salt, my friends. Think about it for a moment. Do you think you could have that many employees, team members, part of a group with no injuries during that particular amount of time? Think about it for a moment. Think about social interactions that you have with people. So imagine whatever you want to with a crowd of people. And we'll use the 50,000 number here and tell me that if you hung out with them for a day, there would not be a single incident. So now you're telling me that for over a year, that was the same case. Come on. I don't think it's real. I mean, it's good to have a goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal, a BHAG, but let's be realistic too. Don't lie about it. Don't hold the people down. And of course, is there the level of fear that comes about that that person that might have potentially been injured doesn't want to say anything because they don't want to be the person or that person. It's a weird thing. I am a firm believer that those boards are a disservice to you more than they are a service. And the difference between the C-suite to the line level on how that conversation occurs is super important. Because if you're here of, we're going to hit our goal, we're going to hit our goal, we're going to hit our goal in the C-suite and inside of the actual line level, it's, oh, we can't say anything. Here's the important part. Here's where we take place. If you take a look at that line and you kind of went through that sequence, the most important person in that line as that communication goes back and forth, you ready for this? Is the middle management. They're all important people, but the communication that occurs from the top to the bottom 
is that middle manager in between. Think about it. They play such a key role inside of how that communication occurs. So where is the cheating to win or the winning to cheat occurring? Is it in the C-suite? Is it in the line level? Or is it the middle management? But then again, what the hell do I know? I'm just the guy behind a microphone. Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the home of real safety talk. You are listening to Safety FM. We'll be right back. And I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky. Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We're already talking about summer nights here. Anyways, 39 minutes past the top of the hour. This is Daxon Y and Franklin Moody. Allowing us to play this one on the Rated R Safety Show. This song's available on iTunes and Spotify if you so desire to want to download it or even stream it. Little summer nights for you. I mean, I have to tell you, it's summer year-round here where I'm located. Maybe we should do a show from the outside one day. I think you might like that. Maybe we should do a setup on the beach. 
happened to us. I could pull that off. Might be a little windy, but hey, it, it, it's manageable and doable. Uh, so there you go. That's what's going on. Ah, da, 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 da. Okay, some some music there. I hope you're enjoying it and having a grand time at uh, this 40 minutes past the top of the hour as you and I are hanging out together. Anyway, so let's take a look at what Jim Bolza had to say. So are those zero accident signs leading indicators of a toxic work environment and dishonest management? So here's the thing. And I know that what happens sometimes is that we just don't know any better. And we all start off in a place. I mean, and let's just be kind of realistic about it. And I get very passionate about some of the portions of conversation that I do have. But here's the thing. We all start off in a scenario that makes sense to us when we start going down this lovely journey. And I will tell you, it is normally with some newer safety professionals, and I'm from what I can see, that go through this because this is what they've been taught. And how it works with any paradigm shift, you're never going to shift paradigms until you find something that's better. And they're really thinking, and I and I will say that even it, I fell under this category for a period of time, where I believed that that was a good method to have a discussion with people, because it's not every day that the safety person normally gets to interact with the operation. So these are good measurement tools of, hey, everybody's doing fantastic. But when you start taking a look of the person doesn't want to be the reporter, if something goes wrong, they don't want to admit, it becomes a different part of the conversation. I don't think that everything at the beginning is done with malice when it comes to it. I really think that people are trying to make the area better, but not putting into consideration everything else that comes with it. And don't get me wrong, there are people out there who gamify the system. And they understand that depending on where they actually hang out, it can be entirely different. So there you go. Anyways, let's talk a little bit about some other things going on inside of the world of the news and all that kind of fun stuff. Because it is always important uh, as we do go from there. Anyways, let's talk about some fail mail. The author of the new book published by the the 50th anniversary of the email message calls it a curse. Cal Newport's book called A World Without Email, Reimagining the Work in an Age of Communication Overload After Shedding the Social Effects of Email for Several Years, the Georgetown University computer science professor says it just clashes with the fundamental human wiring to have a nonstop piling up of communication that we can't keep up with. According to him, no matter how much we tell ourselves it's okay we don't have to answer the email right away there's a deeper part of our brain that's compelled to do so and that makes us miserable because of the we are overwhelmed and urged to answer all the emails that come in he he calls the torturous cycle by which the flood of incoming email loads up to the work because of the back workload presents us with responding to those emails as promptly as we feel as we should, while also keeping us from doing our work, which, of course, leads to us doing work more normal hours than, you know, the conventional side, which leads to a total burnout. What can we do? What can be done about this? Newport suggests that telling colleagues that you're available to respond to emails between 2 and 3 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays and not to expect to hear back from you outside of those hours. Well, 
I think that, you know, I don't know how realistic that's going to be. And well, at least we'll miss the, the inevitable email from my boss inviting me to a very important meeting with HR. Emails is 50 years old, and I didn't even know, I didn't even send a congrats email. That's something else to think about. Remember the good old days when only emails you got were jokes from your friends and you were compelled to print them out on your dot matrix uh, computer? Help me, or is it, help me you know, as we talk about this, or am I just old? I mean, that's something else to think about as we do talk about it. But think about it for a second. How often do you get emails that you feel like you need to respond to right away? Now, I will tell you, maybe I shouldn't tell you that because I might get in some trouble, but the, the thing about it is I interact with a very person that's very close with me, see what I did there, um, who responds to an email at the moment that they get it. And that's just the way that she's wired. But I think it's kind of weird. I could go a few hours without responding depending on the severity, but I do check. Now, the interesting part about the whole thing is that as I go about doing this is that I don't love emails. And I, if you normally interact with me, I will tell you, you can get a hold of me a lot quicker via text because I'll glance at an email. And if the subject matter of the line does not catch my attention, I'm probably not responding right away. I know there's the insight. Iggy about the whole thing anyways read between the wines if you want to impress guests with expensive wine but can't afford to lie to them about the price of the cheap stuff a new study out of switzerland found that the deep down already know <laughs> kind of knew this i mean let's talk about it the more uh, the more the wine we uh the wine costs the better the wine tastes according to some the researchers tasted volunteer uh, tested volunteers with three italian red wines ranging from price of 11 uh, from probably about let's see uh, 11 to about 70 dollars or eight euros to 50 euros but the prices were incorrectly marked. When the cheapest wine given was falsely high pricing, it was uh, judged as the most pleasant of the three. The researchers say that deceptive uppricing of low pricing wine significantly influenced the rating of pleasureness. So there you go. That's the only true if someone else paid for it. Did you ever notice that you buy the cheapest uh, wine that's available? Maybe the box stuff. Who the hell knows? Uh, you may have some money, but, you know, your friends will pay for it in the morning. That's for sure. And then for me, it's pretty easy to tell the difference between a $200 wine or $20 wine. It's about 180 bucks. That's the difference. I don't drink wine uh, just by choice. If you really want to have me on the hook, the hook for me is tequila. And I'm not joking. That is not a joke. My beverage of choice as we do hang out will be tequila. And I don't drink that often. It has to be a special occasion or a special tequila. It's one or the other. That's the way that it gets me rolling and bowling. You are listening to a Radio God. What? This has to be an error. That host is not a Radio God. Anyways, this is the Rated R Safety Show on Safety FM. Okay, so let's talk about it real quick. In Something to talk about. This is not a joke. In June, a new kind of library will open up in London, Ontario. What? Yeah, uh, a thing, a thing library. The idea is that you can borrow items that you need to use rather than having to purchase them. The library style service will provide hobbyists, bakers, amateur remodelers, crowdsource tools in effort to reduce waste and save people money. 
The London Thing Library will run a membership model where patrons can pay monthly fees to access library inventory. It will also focus on teaching people new skills, like now how to dehydrate their own food or make repairs through their workshops. At this point, the enterprise is asking for donations to build up the inventory. Among the items requesting are bike repair tools, a pressure washer, camping chairs, cookie decorating supplies. I wonder if they have books. How many tools will be dropped off there because my husband never gets around to using them? That's when I'm sure that some wives will say out there in just a hunch. But I bet that the local rent all place has a bit of a problem with this. Is there such a thing as a rent-all place? I don't even know anymore, but something to think about for sure. But, I mean, it's an interesting uh, interesting aspect. Anyways, there you go. Did you know? Let's talk about some did you know real quick because we haven't talked about it in a little bit. Uh, a fundraiser to help pay off Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's $19 million Los Angeles mansion has been shut down. A California woman set up Harry and Meghan's $5 donation to buy home a GoFundMe a few days after the Duke and Duchess explosive tell-all chat to oprah was aired she was seeking donation of five dollars to reach ten million dollars during the oprah chat harry revealed that he had to be that he had been cut off financially by the royal family and said that he was forced to use his inheritance from his late mother princess diana which was estimated to be about 18 million dollars the gofundme page disappeared from the site after appearing of uh, having to uh attracted about 140 dollars in donations not a thousand, a hundred and forty dollars in donations, just in case. Anyway, I'm still amazed on the amount of people that have been bothered by that interview. Just something to think about. I mean, I will tell you this. I mean, if you're not familiar with it, I'll just share it for the sake of sharing. But uh, that has only CBS exceeded the hiatus of the talk as it conducts reviews of related of to the recent heated exchange between Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl Underwood, but Osbourne said that she may not be wanted back or want to return. She admits she got too personal with co-presenter Cheryl Underwood and fears that the argument has escalated too far for them to come back. The talk has been taken off the air. It is hiatus. It has been extended until next week. Osbourne sub voiced her support for Piers Morgan after his controversial comments on Meghan Markle claiming that he had the right to express his own opinion. And here's the gig. I think it's weird on how people get in regards to people expressing what they feel. Now, if you're listening to an opinion show, because Good Morning Britain is definitely an opinion show. Is there really even such thing as real news shows anymore? Um, but it is an opinion show, so the person gave his opinion. Not saying that it was right, not saying that it was wrong, but people that watch that show watch for Pierce Morgan's opinion. Same thing for the people that watch the talk. By the way, has anybody came out with a show called uh, something similar to the talk, like safety or something like that? Because, like, don't they have somebody already has something like the view and then somebody came out with something added the word safety for the view? You know, some original trademarking there stuff. <laughs> Oops. Did I say that one out loud? Oops, what did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. Oh, let's continue talking, 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 talking some more about things that are going on inside of the world. We are totally going to bypass today 
the whole swamp because I just don't want to talk about it. Anyways, no winner no winner for Tuesday night's Mega Million drawing. Friday's drawing will be for a $105 million jackpot or a $71.1 million cash payout. So there you go. There are some things going on inside of the world. Here you go. Kobe Bryant's family wants to lock down the rights to Mamba and Mambasita, according to an application filed by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, an attorney for the family filed an application this week noting that the trademark would be used for clothing such as shirts, pants, shorts, dress jackets, and etc. Working out clothes such as sweatbands, armbands, and footwear. Kobe's estate filed for several trademarks since the tragic death of him and his daughter Gianna, including Mamba Sports Academy, Mamacita, or Bambacita, Lady Bambas, Little Bambas, and more. So there you go. Uh, let's see. The Pierce Morgan thing is a breakfast news show like Good Morning America, which let's be realistic. The Good Morning America show. Thanks, Rich Nichols, by the way. Uh, the Good Morning America show is an opinion show. I mean, let's I mean, and I don't know how far back we want to go with this. I mean, we can go even back to the days of Matt Lauer. And when he even having the conversation with Tom Cruise, it made it all over the place where, you know, everything was being blown out of regards of what Tom Cruise was saying at the time. But just some things to think about. A lot of these shows that are news-centric shows are opinion shows. Huh. I wonder how that idea works. So there you go. Some stuff to think about. I mean, there's a lot that comes about from them. I mean, I'm not going to justify and say that they're all good or they're all bad. But they're, let's just be realistic. The Peter Jennings and the Walter Cronkites of the world in regards of how the news was given that was not one-sided or the majority of how it was presented was not one-sided, leaning left, leaning right, leaning wherever the hell you want to lean. It was just straight news on how the way and how, that's the way that it was. There's no news channel like that anymore. There's always an agenda. We know that. We might not want to acknowledge it. I mean, the the automatic portion on when you tell somebody, I listen to news on Fox, what is it associated with? If I tell you I listen to news on MSNBC, what is it associated with? And that's the thing that comes about. I wish I could say otherwise. This is why when we talk about this platform here, where you and I are hanging out today. I try to make sure that all of our hosts and presenters have their own spiel. No agenda. We're not leaning one way. You don't have to agree with what I have to say. That's perfectly fine. I understand that my rated R safety show, which is really your show, is an opinion show. And there's certain things I don't like. And I'm going to say it. And I don't have an agenda behind it. I'm not sponsored by a big conglomerate that tells me what to say. I give you my opinion. And there's certain shit that I don't like. And that's what it's about. And there's certain stuff that you don't like. That's why you keep on coming back. The only way to change things is that you have to stop giving influence to people that allow things to be influenced by others to change. What? Yeah, you heard me there. If a company's paying me big money to say certain things and that way it becomes forthright and that's the way that it is, that's an agenda. I will tell you, I have turned down sponsorships for some of our shows because, number one, I didn't agree with what they had to say. 
And there was no way I was going to be selling a, a bag of shit to people. Just not what I do. Believe me, if I ever sat here and explained some of the risk and the crazy things that I have done to make sure that we could be successful at Safety FM and some of the risks that I have put out there, you might be amazed. But that's the thing. I want people to have their own opinion. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some shows on Safety FM that have large sponsors. And there is even a show on Safety FM that when they started, they were not a part of a conglomerate, but now they are. But the host does not lean that way. And the day that they do, there will be a different conversation. But that has not occurred to date. Okay, now let's tie, let's get the time off the off the soapbox. Anyways, let's talk about some other things real quick. Let's talk about something that happened back on this date. So let's talk about what happened on this date in 2020. President Donald Trump and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau agreed to close the U.S.-Canada border to a non-essential travel to curb the spread of COVID. Under the deal, the flow of goods between the two nations would not be affected. That happened a year ago today. Let's talk about some birthdays that are going on today. Little Papa turns 21. Lily Collins turns 32. Marvin Humes turns 36. Adam Levine, oh, Adam Levine turns 42 today. Dane Cook turns 49. Vanessa Williams turns 58. And Queen Latifah turns 51. Those are all birthdays going on today. Also, if you need some reasons to celebrate today, today's National Awkward Moment Day. I think I gave you quite a few of those today. National Biodiesel Day. National Lacey Oatmeal Cookie Day. National Sloppy Joe Day. National Supreme Sacrifice Day. National Farm Rescuer Day. Absolutely Incredible Kid Day and goddess of fertility day woo stay away from that one my friends oh hold on that's a whole other conversation uh so there you go some things to think about anyways let me tell you about the most important part of the show that we have to talk about let me tell you about the american foundation for suicide prevention they're available at afsp.org afsp.org or you can contact them at 1-800-273-TALK 1-800-273-TALK or text the word talk to 741741 that's the word talk to 741741 they are available 24 hours a day 7 days a week if you have any thoughts of suicide or depression please do not hesitate to contact them because i think it is crucial and that's my opinion and i'm sticking to it Anyways, if I can give you a couple of things before we end the show now, let's get it to you this way. I'm going to tell you a couple of things. If you need a random joke for the day, I have a lot of hidden talents. The problem is I can't even find them. If you need a phone starter for the day, if your week so far was a song, what would the title be? Hallucinate. Dua Lipa. Uh, there you go. If you need a question for the water cooler, try this one. In a survey asking what foods people hated as kids but like as an adult, this came in at number one. What is it? Asparagus. So there you go. Anyways, you've been listening to the Rated R Safety Show exclusively on Safety FM and RadioBig.FM. If you want to come up and hang out with us, I will be moving over to RadioBig.FM for the rest of the next couple hours as we hang out, do some music, do some other things, and talk about what some other things that are going on in the news that we did not cover on this show. Anyways, thank you for always being the best part of Safety FM, and that is the listener. Without you, we can't do what we do. By the way, want to reference this real quick. If you do take a listen to our shows and you do listen to the Jay Allen Show, I'm going to tell you something. If you come onto the show and you pitch some stuff, 
and people don't agree with it in the social media comments and they have questions, I don't censor and I don't delete. I let people ask what they want. And I think that it's your responsibility as the guest to answer. I shouldn't be asked to remove or change. You brought it up. So take responsibility. Just a thought. Anyways, if I can leave you with a thought for today, I would like to leave you with this one. Let today be the day you love yourself enough to no longer just dream of a better life. Let it be the day you act upon it. Oh, great thing to say on Seidner's Cut Justice League Day. Anyways, I know who you are. You know who I am. Love you, mean it, and goodbye. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.